All right. Um, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Um, I thought I'd try something a little new. What I'm going to do, because the last episode, as you know, was very long, like two hours. So it's a little bit uh, much for most people. So what I thought I'd do, because on the very first episode, I said I would... Um, be talking about something that I liked that not a lot of people enjoyed or actually hated or was overlooked and I didn't actually talk about any of that on my last episode so what I thought I would do is kind of have a mini episode um, titled horror remakes from hell so join me for a few staple horror franchise that have had remakes or reboots i guess that aren't highly regarded but you should give another try um and it kind of seems like after i wrote down all my notes (laughs) almost all of these films are from platinum dunes which is michael bay's production company so let's just get the ball rolling First and foremost, this was actually going to be the film that I was going to include at the end of my Halloween special episode. And this is the much maligned A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake. Now, this remake is, um, I guess you could say, it's not shot for shot, but it is essentially a remake of Wes Craven's uh, script for the very first film. It follows a lot of stuff almost to the T, um, but some stuff is obviously a little darker, a little more revised, um, because it did come out 30 years later. So, Some pros. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley is a fantastic Freddy. Uh, he's sinister and ruthless, and that voice, like, it's Rorschach, like, amped up. Uh, it's just super creepy, a deep, brooding voice, and uh, he he also like gets that like the movements right. He's very short and he's very um, not stoic. He's not heroic or anything like that. But like like it's it's not stiff either. But it's like it's almost like um, monstrous. Yeah, I guess monstrous would probably be the best term. He just. He's just basically like a machine slithering in and out of the of the scenes, and it's uh, it's very creepy. Um, definitely like Robert Englund's portrayal in the first two films that was um, sort of somewhat similar, but uh, and also um, many of those scenes in the film are done extremely tastefully. Like a lot of like the remade scenes, it's just well shot, well edited, um, and it's mm, new enough that it it's new enough i guess in the sense of modern it's modern enough that it's easy viewing and um unlike a lot of new horror movies um well let's say horror movies of this time there's just a good amount of use of cgi not too much not too little and when it's used it's used properly especially on on uh, freddy like freddy's um, burns they just use it they use it to enhance and to add um it's as i said it's dark both in story and cinematic tone not a lot of lights not a lot of neon it is um atmospherically foggy dark everything seems to take place at night Uh, a lot of the colors are muted and i think that actually is kind of reflective of what the characters are going through and in that sense it's a lot nicer to 
not nice. What am I even saying? It's like it kind of brings you into the story a little bit more. Like you kind of get the perspective of what the characters are going through. And I think that ultimately kind of adds to the film a little bit. This film obviously is hated because it is like almost shot for shot, redone. Um, nothing's amped up. And also like, so if I could change a couple things, like there's a few things in this film that like ultimately build up and you're like, yes, like I love this new fresh take. It's different. And like, let's see where this goes. And it falls incredibly flat. And um, it's basically what hurts it. The um, like the interesting new twist is this like unlike also major spoilers here i should warn you right from the beginning um that there are potentially spoilers in this um i'll try my best not to like give away anything but uh here we go so the way they build freddy in this film is that instead of it just being a child killer they're like they're insinuating that perhaps he might have been a child molester but the way they like shoot the film is just like yes like he could have very well been you get to see like the parents perspective but the way they show through his flashbacks you're like no he definitely didn't like he was murdered like wrongly um and in that sense like i if i could have redone it i would have actually kept it that ending out where they show yes he was a child molester because it would have made his motives that much more strong like he loved all their kids he was like a great guy and then they killed him because they just were paranoid and then they're like hurt because they killed him i was like yes that would be worth it to him like being this guy and then they kill him like wrongly it's like well uh, you know it doesn't make him as scary you kind of like fear him more if you were to have wronged him and like through a legal perspective yes they wronged him but if they actually you know without beating around the bush anymore like prolonging this they could have had that story been a little bit different also one of the bigger things was like he made a lot less quips less jokey um i personally didn't mind it but that being said i would have loved to have some more jokes in the film there was absolutely zero there was like maybe two kind of chuckle moments i guess but like if you weren't really paying attention or cared you wouldn't have laughed whereas like robert england the og he would have made like almost like his jokes made the torture worse right because you were at his expense but in this one he was like straight up torturing you killing you which in a sense is still scary but isn't as scary as having someone almost maniacal doing this to you yeah i just wish they they had a different motive for freddy but the film itself good pacing not the best pacing but it's good enough pacing and like just give it go in especially if you haven't seen any of the other films watch this film and just go in blind go in fresh that's like one of the worst thing for any film i find horror film any film is if you get a couple people bandwagoning the hate then you're just gonna instantly hate it and that ultimately kills stuff um because everybody can be critical right no it's a lot harder to be positive about things so yeah that was a nightmare on elm street 2010 check that out um also i just want to apologize the uh the sound i'm actually using a brand new samson samson meteor mic i picked this up and honestly it sounds amazing which is awful because not only am i talking quietly because i'm 
kind of indisposed at the moment but I have a terrible cold but I just wanted to keep the feed going you know get a little something else out, out there and uh, share some thoughts it sounds super boring like this whole podcast sounds super boring and I apologize for that I don't have the energy or the breathing abilities currently but I promise the like if this is if I find at the end I enjoyed this enough I'll do some more mini episodes for things I missed but anyways jumping ahead here the next one that I have um, is Friday the 13th. This film actually just came out a year before uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street film, 2009. And this film, honestly, as well as the film I'm going to talk about next, I don't actually understand why they are so, so critically panned. Um, because there's lots to actually enjoy about this film. Um, right from the get-go, um, Jason is back to being a human, which is great. Um, as much as I love part six, seven, eight, nine, uh, and, and on to Freddy versus Jason, there was something kind of um, neat, something kind of menacing, I guess, that the fact that this is a man. Like, sure, not technically a man. Like, there's definitely some sort of supernatural elements to him, especially if you're actually going okay from part one to part two where he's like this like weird mini man child that pops up for that last um like jump scare to a disfigured man wearing a potato sack in the second film like if you can do that already that leap of disbelief he is basically just a man you could hurt him you could like if you cut off his arm he'd be without an arm he'd be the one-armed killer he wouldn't be jason Voorhees, and that's what makes him scary is that this guy is just an unstoppable killing machine who can be stopped and especially in those first four films honestly yeah those first four films those are great i honestly i probably could have i'll probably talk about that fifth film eventually um it doesn't actually have jason which is nice they stick to their guns like he's dead but yeah, because he's not in there, like, everybody's like, well, like, why isn't he in there, you know? Like, having Halloween 3 without Michael Myers or some other example. Anyways, yeah, so he's human and he's smart. This uh, Jason is uh, devising traps and he is self-taught and he has his own house, kind of, which is kind of... You know, I mean, it's a little detail you didn't really need to see, but it's kind of fun to see. And the cast is great. Um, you've got, like, all these staples. You know, you've got, like, the douchey jock who's rich and his less rich, less jockey best friend who's basically, you know, his, his lap dog. you got, like, the hot girl. You've got the not a, that hot girl. And then you have, like, the hot girl who doesn't know she's hot slash is smart. And then you have the stoner, which is a great, great cast. That's basically all you need for these type of films. Um, and what also is great, returning back to form, is this film, as much as I would recommend watching one to four of the original Friday uh, the 13th films, this actually has basically a great, like the best of gallery of, of all the, the kills from those first four films. And... A slew of actually pretty good ones um, so if you didn't actually want well you, 
you should want to. <laughs> I'm telling you, you should want to. But if you don't have the time or the interest, I guess, um, to watch those forced, those forced, geez, those first four films, uh, this is the best way to get through them. Um, I mean, you won't get to see Crispin Glover dance, but you'll still get those pretty cool films. As a whole, um, like I said, I don't really understand what's wrong with this film. Um, it's a perfectly nice blend of old school slasher and new pacing. It's It feels like a modern film that can appeal to both old and new audiences. So I honestly don't get it. Like if you're expecting Citizen Kane, this isn't the film. If you want like an 80s slasher, there are many, many worse films out there. And this film definitely was a little ahead of the curve uh, in regards to remakes like in terms of keeping like that old school taste with new school like vibe looking at you halloween that uh, that new halloween as good as it was i was like well uh, like i mean yes the female driven plot like having jamie lee curtis and uh judy greer uh in that i mean it was awesome don't get me wrong having jamie lee curtis and killing it um was great but i wasn't scared there was nothing like super fresh. It was literally like every film basically since Star Wars Force Awakens where it's just fan service like orgasms just like jizzing all over the place, which I mean, yeah, we all kind of want that to a degree, but you can't herald it as like a second coming or like the best of the series. So yeah, um, it doesn't sound super negative, but check out Friday the 13th. That unlike nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street like i want that film to be better and i just don't agree with like the criticisms it gets friday the 13th though excellent film like top tier slasher like top 50 slashers for sure moving on to the last main one that i have here is again platinum dunes production um the texas chainsaw massacre um but specifically Texas Chainsaw Massacre beginning. This is the prequel sequel to the original remake. Um, although the the remake also, it's 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 better regarded than the beginning. Um, but there's still like if you check out like Rotten Tomatoes, if you actually go by that, it's not. It doesn't hold up favorably well. Uh, but the beginning, I think, actually is the stronger film of the two. Um, so, yeah, depending on who you ask, people either love these remakes. Um, they'll say, like, I remember when I was a kid, people said, like, these were, like, the scariest movies. Again, you're going by um, <laughs> the standards of a grade five-year-old. Year-old? A grade fiver? A fifth grader, that's the right term. You're going by a fifth grader then at that point. But I did see these around that age. I was probably in grade seven, grade seven, grade eight, when I saw the beginning. It scared the bejesus out of me. I had seen the original, um, but it, it had haunted me. I never even spoke about it to anybody. I saw it on TV, and I would have to assume that was even a censored version. Um, but yeah, other than the very first film, I find these remakes to be the most disturbing and of like the highest quality. The second film, I mean like Texas Chainsaw Part 2 or 2, it's a fun film and it's awesome. You've got like um, most of the original cla uh, class, most of the original cast and uh, 
and you have like the awesome Dennis Hopper dual wielding chainsaws. I mean, that's already pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, getting back to the remakes here, one of the pros is Arlie Ermy. Ermy? Ermy? Just like Jackie Early. Jack or Jackie Earl Haley of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. This is like another example of how of how one actor just absolutely kills it. Like makes the film completely their own. Like rocks and owns the scene. So Ermy plays Sheriff Hoyt. Um, this is basically also the start of Hoyt. Um, he is uh, ex exclusively like more frightening. I would say in the very first remake. Uh, more frightening than uh, that of Leatherface. And this film is also great, just moving aside from Hoyt. Um, it builds, like, the most uncomfortable tension, more than, the like, the remake, and not, not quite as the first one. Like, I can watch that first one so many times, and I still get uncomfortable. I still feel warm and sticky and just claustrophobic. This film, though, this film has a lot of that. Um, it has those same kind of vibes, you know. You still feel trapped. You still, um, you can, like, almost, like, it's, like, the, the the dirtiness, the the tension. It's, like, it's palpable. It's, it, this is probably the most real of the films other than the first one. Um And I, I can't really quite put my finger why, like put my finger on why I think this is better than the first film. Like the first film has not um, like better characters, but they, they do have better actors. There's a little bit more of a higher budget, more into production. Um, it's a little more polished. And I think that's kind of why I find the, the beginning to be a little more edgy. Uh, I don't like using that word. It's just everything's edgy these days. But it's a little more raw. Um, raw and amateur, I guess. And that's what kind of gives it that vibe more so than anything. You're ba it's basically just, it's character driven and atmosphere driven. Like the story it's kind of cool. Like, honestly, the way they do the beginning for Leatherface is, is cool. Like, it's a story that you didn't need, but it's it's almost... Like, I have not heard anything good about Leatherface. I still have yet to see it, but this is enough of a backstory that I need. Like, it goes from him being this, like, not demented, I guess you could say, but troubled, like, gigantic thug who's just, who does what he's told, and he... He basically is f not forced, but they adapt and you watch a story and you're like, okay, I get it. Like you don't need this like kid who's beaten up and blah, blah, blah. Like what they do for like Jason in some movies or like the Rob Zombie, like Halloween remakes where they're like, look at how like awful their lives were. It's like, you don't need that. You don't need that. Anyways, <laughs> without rambling on too much, this also has, um, uh, more qualities, I guess, that the first film has. And it's not like a shot-for-shot -shot mimic. Not even the first one. Like, the first um, remake, I mean. It doesn't even have a lot of that where where you're going... 
almost shot for shot. And when you do shot for shot, a lot of a lot of things I personally find you lose some of the charm because you're basically copying somebody else instead of like doing your own thing with the script. But yeah, this has a ton of qualities. It's got like every film in the whole series has that dinner scene, but I feel this one was the one I was most uncomfortable watching other than like the first. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Other than the first film. And also, too, lots of loving touches and homages, light homages, not like beating you over the head homages, like looking again at you, Halloween 2018, like enough's enough. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, I like what they did there. or Oh, I see that. You know, those kind of like moments where like if you've actually not if you're a fan, it is definitely more so if you're a fan, but if you're like even remotely familiar with the first film, you'll definitely notice some of those things. And those touches make a film. You don't have to like jerk all over the audience's faces with like fan service. You can just, you know, give a little kiss on the cheek with fan service and that, that can be way more than enough. Um, and yeah, without getting fan service jerked all over you, what more can you ask for other than a little kiss on the cheek? So yeah um check those out these films that's unfortunate for platinum dunes like i know they made their money but i would have loved to have seen another friday the 13th film from that series because they they had a pretty good thing going and same with nightmare on elm street sure it was rocky start but with the amount of money both of those those films made you could have like the texas chainsaw movies they ran their course they're like one and done and they're not the super the most like profitable profitable of a, of a series but Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street it would have been so easy to turn those around like tweak a couple things and like I would have loved to have seen what happened but yeah going blind to these um, I know I just ruined a lot of them probably Friday the 13th the least but yeah Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the 13th uh, the two Texas Chainsaw remakes from I think 2003 and the beginning is 2006 um, yeah I don't know why but uh, I mean <laughs> we know why with Elm Street, but I don't know why like these films are shit on. So just give them a watch. Um, and also to, because I did say horror franchises, like I did have some other films to check out. So I'm just going to give you a little quick um, power round. The 2010 film Wolfman with uh, Benicio Del Toro and, um, oh my goodness, what is his name? It escapes me at the moment and Anthony Hopkins, there we go, and I think it even has Emily Blunt, it's got um, makeup by Rick Baker, and uh, the same director as The Rocketeer and Captain America First Avenger, I hate that I can't think of his name right now, uh, god it's gonna bother me, but he is actually like the guy, he's excellent when it comes to historical pieces, like just look into this film even a little bit before you watch it, it was in production hell it was supposed to come out let's say in like 2007 and it didn't come out till 2010 switching directors switching scripts production budget overages and like yada yada and it's basically like the shoehorn mess um that being said there are lots of things to take away i love the makeup the story as a story like the not the narrative but the overall story i loved i thought it was great i love that they took a chance going to do like that aged like victorian style backdrop you don't see a lot of films do that that often because of because of the expense and 
it would have been cool i honest it's i didn't need it i wouldn't have needed none of these films needed to be remade but i i i would have actually loved to have seen a sequel and there are like a couple key scenes in that film when you do watch it it'll be pretty hard to forget they're piercing you know extremely memorable um also too um i wasn't going to include it because i didn't actually enjoy it when i saw it in theaters and that's 2013's remake of carrie um the only reason i'm including it is because it's not terrible it follows the source really well it follows it's like a nice blend actually between the original source and the de palma film which is the one you need to honestly see first um it's such a good film but the actual chemistry between Chloe Grace Moretz and I'm pretty sure it's Julianne Moore who plays the mom, who's incredible as an actress, um, their chemistry is honestly what sells the film also. It's new enough that a younger audience can watch it, and I get that's why a lot of these remakes are made. Um, it's worth your time. It's worth it's worth it's worth your time. I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy it. Um, and honestly, it's kind of sad. There's no actual collection for any of the Texas Texas Chainsaw films because they're just a hodgepodge of like rights, like rights and legalities that would keep that from getting made. Um, but Friday the Thirteenth, it that might be the only one where you can actually get all of the films together. I think it's like one through nine. Oh, actually, one through ten. Sorry, I forgot about Jason X. Do not forget about that film. That's a fun watch. Freddy versus Jason, and then the the remake. I think that's all in one package, and that package I have to assume is like three hundred dollars now. It used to be kind of expensive. It's actually really beautiful. It's like a tin c- case with all of these films, plus the documentary, if I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah, I honestly that's I have a lot of these, but it's honestly one of those films where I wish I bought when I saw it, especially when HMV Canada was going out of business. That would have been a perfect buy just reminiscing but uh unfortunately nightmare on elm street doesn't include freddy versus jason or the remake um so if you if you want it uh to get those you'd have to buy those separately but that being said i would buy i own these already so it's not really saying anything but if you do like horror films i would buy the friday the 13th and the texas chainsaw films I wouldn't buy the Wolfman. the The Blu-ray is actually pretty great. It's got a lot of special features. But that film, like that film and the Nightmare on Elm Street, you'll never watch more than once. It's not worth a buy. And same with Carrie. That's what I was going to get at. Like, I, I think there is sequels to the original Carrie, two or three. At least one other sequel though. And maybe another remake actually. See, these weren't my main films. I didn't look them up, so I feel bad. I feel bad for the three people who listen to this. <sighs> Anyways, though, yeah, I would I would check that out. It, it's especially because the first one is it's not dated, but if some like I know a lot of people can't watch a film even if it's from the '80s without being like, ugh, like this is so old. So if if that's a problem for you, definitely check out 2013's Carrie. Um, it's yeah, like everybody I watched it with when I saw it in theater didn't like it I didn't like it 
but it's one of those things where you see like other films and you're like oh that's way worse than it you're like you know what it wasn't that bad so it's awful reason to have it on the list here but it's on the list and then my last one is a little divisive it's divisive because it's not actually a remake so much it's it's basically like um an alternative telling of the source material um while also serving as an alternative to the film it's technically a remake slash sequel to and um that is 2011's the thing um a lot of people give this shit because there's zero chemistry between um the characters just like how the colors and darkness were very uh darkness the colors and the brightness were very muted and dark for nightmare on elm street this is the complete opposite it's almost like washed out way too bright um and nothing about it is like horror movie it's doesn't even like for a sequel it's completely its own thing which is fine you should try to do your own thing if you're doing a sequel especially a sequel made 30 ish years later but to have it that far removed definitely hurt it um especially with no there are like one or two if i remember correctly especially near the end callbacks and references to carpenter's the thing um but it's basically just the other side so there's like two camps there's the american camp and the norwegian norwegian yeah i think it's norwegian their camp they're the ones um prior to um the carpenter film these are like the ones that warn them of this thing and so you see that and it's unfortunate i've heard this on other podcasts i've seen it while doing like a little prior research there was a ton of practical effects that were going to be used for this and at the last minute they decided it wasn't i don't know if it wasn't real enough or if it wasn't cost efficient or wasn't tracking well with test audience audiences but uh they scrapped it and they used um not not the best and i like even some terrible terrible um cgi but it's not good cgi and when you have the film that's before this like carpenter's the thing that's heralded as the best like the god tier peak pinnacle of practical effects and um special effects for like horror or just in general really and you have none in your next in this follow-up it's not going to have high praise so you already have a shit story it's interesting but it's not captivating um and no chemistry with the characters and then no practical effects not even the fans are going to want to see it and so if you're critically panned and the fans don't want to see it then it's not good that being said the reason to see it is because it's interesting it is especially if you've seen howard hawk's original and uh you've seen carpenter's uh remake and you want to like get a little more of that that universe and a little more um deeper into the lore i guess and see what actually happened it's it's fun it's fun to see that and it's not like it's bad like there are thousands and thousands of way worse movies and like this as a movie if it wasn't called the thing would have been great that's what i mean like it is it's it's a great film uh, on its own but when you're actually tied to a series like that then it falls incredibly flat 
on its own, I would definitely like rate it like a 60 or 70%, mm, 70 strong, 60-ish, let's say. So it's like a good movie. It's good at least for one, maybe twice watch in your life just to see it. But as a, as a, as a part of thing, it's not as good. Um, but if you're a huge fan, it's worth seeing at least once just to say that you've seen it. Even if you're like, ugh, this was dog shit at the end of it. It's kind of cool to see that other side of the story. And with how awfully I've spoken about these three films, this is why I wasn't going to include them, but obviously as things go, especially with me, I spoke about these way more than I was going to. They were just gonna be fire around, and of course I spoke about them just about as long as the ones I actually did research for. So yeah, guys, that's it. Um, if this turns out well, and I like it, I'll do a few more of these. But if you like this format, I'm thinking about maybe making a Patreon for, again, like the three people that listen to this. And what I'm thinking about is maybe with that Patreon, one of the rewards... I know nothing about Patreon, by the way, so I'm going to have to look into that a little bit. But one of the rewards could be like a small 10, 15-minute episode, maybe longer, 20, 30 minutes, who knows. Um, episode on a TV show or a movie or a topic and I'll just go off on it things I like things I didn't like some plot points that I thought were interesting stuff that was funny you know stuff like that it's just something I'm thinking about I don't think I have the audience really to demand a, a, a patreon but as I'm finding this stuff is expensive so any kind of money would be appreciated I'm sure so yeah I hope you enjoyed this is kind of like a little pre-Halloween, pre-November little uh, podcast. Stay tuned. Um, Our next episode of A Conversation for One is going to be a good one, and we're going to try something out. We're going to have a guest on the show, and I only have one mic, so we're going to see how that works, getting two sets of audio on this one feed. Anyways, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Tyler out. Happy Halloween. Wait. Halloween isn't today, it's on the 31st of October.